I look at you, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity today, Lord God, to come forth, Father God, and deliver your words of life, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, that the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple, Father. We need you, we need you, Father God. We need your word. We need our daily bread. Amen. We need to live off your word. We live off of your word, Father God. Your word helps us comprehend and understand you, Father. And we want to understand and we want to, we want to know you, Lord God. As it is written, Father God, that Moses knew your ways, but the children of Israel knew your acts. We don't want to be just people that, that understand you and, and follow after your acts, Father, but we want to develop ourselves where we know you and your ways, Father. Thank you, Lord God, again for this opportunity, Father God. I thank you for your precious Holy Spirit, Lord God, that guides us and leads us by our spirit. Amen. We bless you and we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, well, I just want to cover these outlines. Faith, when is faith? And then we're going to talk about uh, the two kinds of faith. And after we do that, then I want to talk about the heart of a man. And uh, what what does that mean? And, you know, I mean, Brother Daniel, you know, it's funny because on Sunday when he was sharing all these scriptures about, you know, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And I like that verse in uh, Matthew 4, 17 that he was sharing on that I'm going to preach what Jesus preached, right? The gospel of the kingdom. Yeah. But in the message, I like how he says in the message here. He says, this Isaiah prophesied sermon came to life in Galilee. The moment Jesus started preaching, he picked up where John left off. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. Yeah. That's how he words it in the, in, in the re re message re translation. Wow. Change your life, man. God's kingdom is here. You know, and the thing about it is, you know, humanity is so desensitized to the things of God, obviously. They, the Bible tells us that they can't know the things of God and they can't comprehend the things of God. Not only that, the carnal man, which is the man living after his soul and his body, he still can't comprehend or see the things of the Spirit of God. And Jesus taught us, you know, uh, cast not your pearls before the swine, you see? There's people that, like, for example, my, in my workplace, they don't want to hear nothing about the kingdom of God. Oh, no, they no. get irrit irritated irritated, and, 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 and just upset, man. And, and that's fine, you know. I, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it to those who want to hear, but the point is, is that there's no point in me planting seed there because the ground ain't ready, you see. And the ground has to be ready for that seed to get into the ground. And, and of course, these individuals... I mean, they're not ready for it. They have their own philosophies and their own views, you know, and, and that's fine. I mean, that's where they're at. But, yeah. but I'm praying, you know, I'm praying for these guys, and, and I'm trusting God, you know, that eventually uh, God will open their hearts, you know. Yeah. I've seen that, and I've seen that people stiff-necked. Oh, yeah. Resistant. Obstinate, man. Well, Brother Daniel was talking about on uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 1, and how it says that, what shall we say then? Well, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Well, what's interesting about, you know, this passage is that the, the scripture says, how, how, how are we, how shall we that are dead live any longer therein? In other words, if you're dead to yourself, right, how am I going to continue in that death if it's dead? In other words, you shouldn't be going back, right, to the vomit, if you will, and, and going back to try to experience that old life because the Bible teaches us very clearly that he's trying to separate us and sanctify us unto himself away from all that stuff. 
So Romans 6, 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace be abound? Well, no, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? What's, why, why would I continue on in something that I'm already dead to? Because part of being baptized in Jesus Christ is, is acknowledging the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's not just a... It's not just a, a yeah, it's not just a religious uh, something that we go through, right? This is something that you experience in your life daily, dying to yourself. In other words, and then, so the other day, for example, my wife, she did something that really upset me, right? And I got real offended. And by the way, every time we get offended, that's when the soul has a fit. Every time. So the problem is, is that if we don't learn how to guard our hearts, right, against that offense, then all of a sudden, here you go, in your mind, you start traveling, and, and you start, you know, I can't believe this, and you, you just start coming up with all these justifications and stuff, and why, why, why? And, but the thing is, is that when that event happened, I went to the bedroom, and I started asking God to forgive me yeah. for sukeing out. That's what I call it, sukeing out. In other words, these, these, these offenses and these fits, just like children, right? They throw these attitudes and stuff out there. And, of course, they have to be dealt with and so that they get under control. But, again, that's, that's kind of what we want to be a part of in our lives. We want, in other words, when we step over the line, right, we go beyond our boundary and allow our soul, man, to step out without any checks and balances in governing him, that's when we get in trouble. That's when our soul just put us in a situation that God's not happy with that, right? And so... Again, but, but what we want to do is be sensitive to our spirit. Like I said, as soon as I went back to the bedroom, I started crying out to the Lord, Father, forgive me. You see? And I started rebuking all those evil spirits because, I mean, we don't naturally act like, you know, you'll hear people say like, well, this is just the way I am. No way. They have an attitude, right? And the problem with that is that, no, that's not the way you are because the scripture teaches us how can sweet water and bitter water come out of the same fountain, right? It's not supposed to be that way. And we're going to get into this talking about the heart in a minute, how that the heart of a man is made up of his spirit and his soul, right? In other words, out of your spirit, man, is going to flow the life of God. Out of your soul, man, until he gets trained and dealt with, he'll come up with all kinds of foolishness, right? All kinds of attitudes, you know. And, and like I said, but it, but it takes us being willing to fall upon the rock that is Jesus Christ and allow our lives to get dealt with by the Lord. If we don't put ourselves in that position, then, then there's, a, there's, there's no hope for you if you don't put yourself in the hands of God. So again, uh, verse 7, he talks about, for he that is dead is free from sin. The solution is, is that you die to yourself daily, and when you do, you're freed from that old man. You're not thinking about that. You're not thinking about, you know, whatever sin. Like, for example, the other day again at work, uh, this lady came to bring um, a piece of hardware. It was called a thin client, right? And she was beautiful. Huh? But right away, I saw the enemy's scheme. scheme yeah. I said, I ain't falling for that, Father. I'm a married man. I don't, I don't need that. And I come before you, Lord God, and, 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 and I thank you, Lord God, for your word and, my, and your spirit and how it quickens me and how I'm not going to let the enemy trap me, yeah. you see? And that's what he's always trying to do is trap us, right? Mm -hmm. So, but again, 
The enemy is always trying to push the buttons, man. He's always trying to get you to fall. Because he knows that that when we're when we're desiring the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives and we're de we're desiring to be obedient to his word, we're seeking God, we're seeking him daily, we're getting involved in the word of God, we allow our hearts to get dealt with by the Holy Ghost. He knows that that man, his prayers avail much, right? The fervent heartfelt prayer, the earnest heartfelt prayer, the earnest the fervent the earnest heartfelt prayer of a righteous man avails much. He knows that that man has power with God. He knows that that man has the ear of God. And, and therefore, he knows that that man has authority over him in Christ. Right? So again, he that is dead is free from sin. We don't have to worry about uh, this constant struggle of, you know, well, let me, put, let me re retrace that. So the scripture says about Jeremiah that God, he, he was complaining to God. And God told him, Jeremiah, you'll separate the precious from the vile. In other words, one of, the, one of the ways that we get deliverance in our lives is that we keep focusing on the Lord, keep focusing on his word, keep spending time with God. And eventually the things that are troubling us in our lives, you don't even think about it anymore because you've been focusing on that presence of God in the life of God, right? So <clears throat> now let's go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. He's talking about the foolish virgins and the, and the wise virgins. In Matthew 25, he says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Right? These were. So it says, uh, And the five of them were wise, and the five were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. They're the foolish ones. Yeah. You know, one of the things I appreciate about what Brother Daniel shared on Sunday is that the anointing is to break yokes, Lord of God. Amen. That's a powerful statement right there because that's why the Lord makes us strong in him, right? Mm. That's why we're strong in the Lord because we have the anointing of Jesus Christ to break demonic spirits and demonic activity in people's lives and break all these yokes of the devil from their lives Amen. and free them in other words liberate them right so but the wise took oil in their lamp in their vessels with their lamps so the foolish didn't have enough oil they didn't have enough strength in god in other words they didn't have anointing to break yokes they were foolish but the other five they had anointing they had spent time with god they had the presence of God. They were full of the, the Holy Ghost, in other words, the presence of God. Now, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. All right? All of them went to sleep, all ten of them. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom comes. Go ye out to meet him. And all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And mind you, they were virgins. Yeah. They were separated, sanctified. Yeah. They were clean. clean. Right? So it says, uh, and at midnight, right, a cry came out, and all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. 
See, you should be out there going to get the oil and be ready at any given time, right? The Bible talks about being instant in season and out of season. You never know when God's going to bring a manifestation, right? And, and God wants to minister to someone or, or to your family member or whatever. So, um, and while they went to buy, verse 10, the bridegroom came and they that were with him went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Right? All of these were waiting for the bridegroom. Who's the bridegroom? Jesus. And who's the bride? The virgins. The chaste virgins. It should be cleansed, etc. So the virgins were waiting for the Lord. And when he came, the five that were foolish, that weren't ready, didn't get to come into the marriage supper. Right? They didn't get to come into the festivities and the party and everything that's going on. Because they were foolish. Afterward came also other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Because you don't have a relationship with me. How can I, how can I know you? You're right? And so, and he answered and said, I, I don't know you. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man comes. All right? And the thing about it is, right, the scripture says in Isaiah chapter 60, I like this little stand here. I forgot to bring mine. It's got a perfect height. Is it Isaiah 60? Yeah. Well, what we have to understand here is that the more light that's coming into the earth, amen, the more darkness is getting exposed. The more we're coming into the revelation of the kingdom of God and realizing who we are as sons and daughters of God, the more darkness is getting exposed. You see? And so he says in Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Thy light is come. The light. In other words, why do you have a lamp? To light, up, to light things up. Right? Because you're ready. Whether it's in the daytime or in the dark, you got what you need. You're prepared, in other words. All right? For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. So the ten virgins, they weren't ready. The five weren't ready, the five weren't ready. The foolish and the, and the wise, right? So it says, but behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. So even though there's darkness covering the earth, and gross darkness the people, the ones that are ready, they can see clearly what's going on. Right? They can see clearly what's going on in the deceptions of Satan, right? Man, I was looking out there at this, uh, at, you know, my sons, you know, bless their hearts, you know, they're, they're, they're young and, and they, they, they're so impressionable, right? They're so young and they, you know, they don't have the word of God to check and balance them in their lives, right? And they'll see, you know, like my son, he asked me a couple weeks ago, he says, Papa, what do you think about the Black Lives Matter? And I said, well, I don't really know anything about them, but I know that it's causing division. Right? And, and and Christ is not divided, right? So what the problem and then and then I got to learn more about them, you know, and, and what they're standing for. When you go look at their, their beliefs on their website, they, they, they talk about we're trying to make a place for uh, black homosexuals, black transvestites, black people that are that are that are that are handicapped in certain ways. Wow. That, it's awful, man. And the, and the ladies that started this are 
lesbians. What? Are you kidding me? Man, these, and, 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 and so, you know, they get out, they got all kinds of recognitions from the LGBTQ, whatever, and they recognize them for the work that they're doing. And how many of you know that, that, that uh, as Jesus said, you know, the ones that, that are like you are the ones that you're going to hang out with you, They're that are going to accept you, right? And, and that's the same principle here, right? These, it's so awful. So the point I'm making is I'll share with my sons that anything that causes division, right, anything that causes us to be separated into our own little cliques, that's a problem. And then if you're not of us, we got a problem with you. That is just all perverted, right? So the point is, is that the darkness, right, is covering, gross darkness shall cover the earth, and you know, it says darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen on thee. In other words, the Lord is going to arise on the ones that are ready because he's the one that's waiting for the Lord. Daily, day in and day out, amen. He's, he's coming before the Lord and he's waiting on the Lord, right? So, but again, the more darkness, uh, the more light is coming out, right? And uh, isn't it interesting that the, the deceptions and the things that mankind goes through to expose things, you know, like recently this week, you know, taxes got exposed as far as certain individuals. <laughs> and, and isn't it interesting the darkness and the depths that, that mankind goes through to, to try to win, if you will, to get the upper hand on the advantage on the other individual right now in our presidential race. And it's just interesting that we don't ever question how did you get that, right? Where did that information come from? Right? I mean, if I was wealthy to that stature, I would be looking for all kinds of ways to, to make a write-off so I don't have to pay taxes. That's just wisdom. And if he and, 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 and at the taxes, uh, he was able to write things off and he got accredited for it. What's in my business, right? But Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth in not by the door, into the sheepfold, but climbs up another way, the same as a thief and a robber. In other words, you know, we don't necessarily consider how this stuff got exposed, mm. right? Because the courts have been keeping this stuff sealed, you know, since his presidency started. And it just amazes to me, amazing to me that, that mankind, like I says, they, they focus on a net. So again, the more darkness, uh, the more light, amen. In other words, the light is coming to expose all this darkness, and that's the purpose of it, amen. That's the same reason that God brings light into our lives, to expose areas that are dark and not conform to him. So uh, let's go to uh, Luke. Luke chapter... Yeah, Luke 6.46. And again, this, this was brought out on Sunday too, right? And then he, and Jesus said here, let me see what the verse before is. 6.46? Yeah. He said, why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? You know, one of the things about, in the book of Revelation, he tells them, I wish that you were either hot or cold. Yeah. See, there's no point in being lukewarm in the middle of things. And that's the issue is that 
mankind wants to, you know, the body of Christ, brothers and sisters that claim Jesus Christ is their Lord, etc., the Savior, etc., they want to be in both worlds. They want to have one foot in the world, and they want to have one foot for God. You can't do that. It's either all or nothing. And, and, and it's like it says here, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you're not, you're not willing to do my word? You're not willing to do what I say, right? And so, you know, we're going to get into it in a minute, uh, talking about the heart of man, right? And the thing is, in Proverbs 4, 20 and 22, it says, My son, attend unto my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh. So we see here that the forces of life, the things that bring life, right, are coming out of your spirit, man. Now, keep means to preserve and protect here. So I want to, like I said, so when we're preserving and protecting, so like I said, Jesus said, I know when to lay down my life and when to take it up. I have the power to do both. So we need to understand that, that we have that same ability to be able to say, yes, I'm going to serve, or no, I'm not going to serve. Take it back, in other words. And, and, and the thing is, is that Jesus never allowed himself to get manipulated. Look at this in John chapter is it 2. Yeah. Start with verse 23. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. Many believed. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them. Because he knew all. He knew that your interest is not me. You don't want a relationship with me. You just want to get from me what I can give you. And the body of Christ, in many respects, is that way. They don't really want a relationship with God. They're just glad that they're saved and that they're not going to hell, right? Like a fire, fire, fire insurance, fire escape policy. <laughs> but the problem with that attitude is that, first of all, Jesus said, John 10, 10, I come that you might have Zoe and that you might have it more abundantly, right? Mm. Zoe is God's life. Eternal Zoe means that Every day you can experience God. Amen. Every day you can come into his presence, and when you leave, you take his presence with you. Amen. You've got the mind of Christ, Lord God. You're, you're, you're sharp in, in, your, in your day. Your decisions are decisive. Amen. You know, you're not all wishy-washy, and you don't you know, believe one thing one minute, another thing another minute. Somebody comes at you, did you hear about some event that happens out there on the earth that doesn't phase you? Right? Because your heart, you're keeping your heart strong before the Lord, amen? You're keeping a tight rein on your soul, just like you have to do a horse. Anyway, he knew all men. He knew that these guys, first of all, you haven't spent any time with you. I haven't trained you. I haven't discipled you. I haven't showed you the way of the Father, amen? amen. Because you haven't spent any time with me. If you spend time with me, you're going to see the Father. You see, because I'm going to correct you. I'm going to deal with you. I'm going to train you, right? And then it says in verse 25, And needed not that any man should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. He knew that a man, you know, the number one strength of a man's soul is, is to preserve himself. And he's always going to be that way until he learns how to fall upon the rock and allow his will to be broken before the Lord. In other words, whatever you say, Father, not my will, but thy will. Amen. So, again, 
that life of God is the only thing that can change us. Amen. And 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 God now in in and John, I'm sorry, um, James, is it James one twenty one? It says, "Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls." So, right here we see clearly that the soul and how he gets, uh, and why he gets corrected and why he gets dealt with is to bring some some development in our character to be like Christ. That's the purpose of. The engrafted word. In other words, the engrafted means that that word has to stay planted in your life. And that word is what's going to change your mind. And eventually change your will to where it's his will, not your will. And now your emotions are in check. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. There's three areas of the soul. And so, anyway, the, the engrafted word is what, uh, what changes our lives. By the life of God. In other words, the life of God is what causes that, causes that word, that seed of the word to explode in your life. And allows you to see an area in your life that, that's not being conformed to Christ. So, um, there's four words in the Bible that talk about, that are translated as the word life. Okay, One of them is bios. Bios means livelihood. It means your vocation. All right? Another word is anastrophe, and it's the way we behave, our lifestyle. The other word is suke, which is our self-life, and then there's zoe, the life of God. And the, anastro the anastrophe, this is the kind of life where people try to change the behavior of man. Right? Why does man do what he does? Why one day I'm serving God, and the next day I'm over here in the bar? What, what's wrong with me? And so the issue here is that the problem is, is that man, when you get born again, you receive the divine nature of God in your spirit. But your soul, which is your life, your personality, your makeup, the things that make you, still has to be trained in the ways of God. He's got to be discipled to learn how to disciple his own life, discipline his own life, in other words, so that he's, the soul is not the one taking the lead and making all the choices in his life. All right, so again, keep your heart with all diligence, right? Now, so Zoe, the life of God, this is, this is what we need, right? In Romans chapter 8, verse 2, first of all, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit, Right? There's no condemnation to you if you're walking after the Lord. But if you start walking after your carnal man, guess what? Condemnation here is the word kata krima. Krima is where we get the word for crime. And it means condemned. In other words, your sentence is guilty. And then he says, for the law of the spirit of life, verse 2, in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. This word life here, the law of the spirit of life, is the word zoe, which means God's life. And the word law is, is it, it's a word that means as prescribed. So the prescription of the spirit of life, in other words, the, the, the daily dose of what, what we need in our lives, the life of God, because we spend time with him, we just spend time in his word, we meditate, we pray for one another, we pray for our families, etc. we pray for our nation, we pray for our cities, whatever, right? The, 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 that life of God that you're receiving 
all right, is what makes us free from the law of sin and death. So we started out talking about Romans chapter 6, right? And how he says that uh, in verse 7, for he that is dead is freed from sin. So if you look now back in verse 8, I mean chapter 8, verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. See, that Zoe life is what causes you to be free from that law of sin and death. When we get into the law of sin and death, we're walking after ourselves. After your own ingenuity, your own cleverness, you know, you come up with solutions for yourself and you never check with God. You know, you never check the word. What does the word say about whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Now, and the thing about it is, is that this Zoe of God, it has the power to bring healing, deliverance, baptism in the Holy Ghost, salvation, redemption, and the power of God to meet all of our needs, right? You know, like, um, like I said, the word, the word sozo is the, is the Greek word for the word salvation, saved. And it means a complete, total healing, in other words. God is not, for example, if God was going to heal an area of my body, he wouldn't just touch the outside of my body. He would also, the infliction and the pain that my soul has went through, right, and the damage that our souls has gone through. You see, he's interested in the whole man. He's not just interested in one part of our lives, right? Yeah. He's complete, in other words, in what he does in his work. So the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, W-H-O-L-Y, and I pray therefore your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, blameless. Right? The very God of peace sanctify you. So, what do you, what, what, why do we sanctify? For example, why do we, for example, wash our clothes? Clean. Right. So they're clean. They're not all stinky. You know, why do we wash our dishes and our pans and our pots? Because when we put our food in there and we cook and we eat through with these utensils, we want it all to be clean. Well, it's the same thing with our Father, right? Why does He want us clean? Why does He want us sanctified? Why doesn't He? Why, why wouldn't it bother him, or why would it bother him that I'm in the bars, you know, looking for women, you know, stealing from people, lying to people, you see? Because the, the scriptures are real clear about all these things, that flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That which is of the flesh, is flesh it profiteth nothing. And that's what I told my sons last night, or the night before, is that, is that these movements and all these things that are out there, it doesn't matter who and, and how they got started, the scripture says that every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And no matter how far they get and how big they grow and how much money they have, the end result is that it's all going to fall down. All these edifices, if you will, all these things that mankind has built up is set, is, is set to crumble because it's not on the right foundation, Right? It's on, the, it's on the foundation of man. It's on the foundation of man's wisdom and so on, right? So it says in James 1, 5 through 8, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That gives to all men freely, liberally, and he upbraideth not. In other words, he doesn't scold you because you're asking him to help you. Right? And it shall be given him. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth, is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. 
A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now this word double-minded is a Greek word depsukos, which means twice soulish, right? And see, that's the thing. When your life has aspirations for yourself out here in the world, and you're trying to do it the way of the world, you're marketing yourself, you know, you're building your Facebook, you're building your YouTube, and all these things, and, 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 and you're trying to put yourself out there the way the other ones have, the rest of them, and they're successful now. And that the problem is, is though that you, 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 the way the world does it and the way God does it is two different things, in other words. And so, you know, for me, for example, I finally got to the to 100 followers on my YouTube. And the, the issue is, is that I started uh, publishing on the YouTube on uh, April of 2018. Right. So, but but what I'm saying is I never I never put on the video, hey, you know, make sure you click subscribe, make sure you click like or whatever. <laughs> I just let it grow naturally, right? And uh, and now because of that, you know, it allows me to change the name. So it's youtube.com forward slash C forward slash make disciples. That's it. And that's that's but the other side of that is that so I tell people about it and they'll say, I let them know, you know, now I qualify for monetization. Right? I was telling a guy about that today, and he's like, oh, wow, so now you can make money, da 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 I said, no, no. But here's the thing. That sounds good to the soul man, the man that's living for himself, but not God. Why would I allow a perverted ad, for example, to sit there and, and, and roll in the middle of me, bringing forth the kingdom of God? You see, that's, that, that's not the way of the world. That's okay for them. The way of the carnal Christian, that's okay for him, but not the way of the spiritual man. You see, Jesus wouldn't do that. So that's what I'm saying. I have to keep this stuff sanctified before the Lord, right? And that's what that's what it comes down to, is that our lives separated unto the Lord, right? Sanctified and separated for the Master. You know, another thing, for example, is that the message, right? Um, the Bible says that you've received this, this anointing that you received, it teaches you, right? Yeah. The strength of, of what God has given you to break the yokes, amen, the, the bondage on people's lives, that anointing, it's always testifying, always speaking in your heart, always teaching you, training you, showing you the way of the Lord by the Holy Spirit, amen. And uh, and, and and like I said, um, I could do it the way of the world, but the problem is that that anointing that abides, it won't let me because I know the Father wouldn't be happy with that, amen. amen. Now, I'm talking about the heart of a man, right? And and the issue is is that we have we're living on one side for us for God. We show up in church, you know. As Brother Daniel says, you know, he says, uh, "I want to uh, welcome Brother jo or something about Brother Joseph and uh, teaching the word and and it's, and it's you know good or something." And then there were, uh, quite a few people clapping. And says he said something about you're clapping, but y'all never come. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a whipping right there. <laughs> But see, he that had ears to hear, let him hear. The carnal man is not hearing it. That's why the message still keeps going up. Change your lives. God's kingdom is here. That's why the message has to come out that way. Once you start growing up and maturing a little bit, then we can figure out other things in your lives that and, and bring you into a, a greater depth in, in the work that God has for you, etc. And, and bring because now I know that your your desire is Jesus Christ, not yourself. For example. So again, the twice soulish, right? The soul man, 
like I said, he, 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 because he's divided, right? And Jesus said every kingdom and every house divided against itself will not stand. And when you got born again, you became a house divided against itself. Because now you have aspirations to serve God and be around the people of God. But the problem is you still have aspirations for yourself. And none of that has been checked by the Lord. You haven't asked God, Father, what do you think about this in my life? Whatever, you know. You, you don't take it before the Lord. It's all about you, 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 you. You know, how clever I am, how good I can play my music, and how good I can sing, how, how pretty I look, you know. And, and again, all that stuff, until it gets sanctified unto the Lord, it's always about you first, right? And how these disciples are actually, you know, these guys, they said, let me first. You know, let me go bury my father. You know, let me go say whatever. And he says, none of those were fit for the kingdom of God. I can't use you yet because you won't sanctify your lives. And you won't, my word is not final authority in your life, in other words. I'll share with my sons, you know, that, that, that we're going to start uh, going through this teaching called the Marismos because, you know, until my sons can come to a place where they're managing their own soul, out of their spirit, they're still going to be primarily carnal. You see? Because they don't know any better yet. They don't have the foundation of the Word of God. You know, they hear that me teaching them, and I'm always working with them. For example, you know, I'll, I'll quote a scripture and then I'll let them finish it. Because the words need to get planted in their hearts, right? These seeds. So, anyway, <clears throat> I told them we're going to go through this because we need to understand our souls. And again, the issue with our souls is that he's the one that prevents us, as the Bible says in 3 John 2. 3 John 2, I think it is. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So see, to the depth of the soul prospering is to the depth that you're going to prosper and be in health. But if your soul's not prospering and, and conforming to the image of Jesus Christ, then, uh, then, then, then you're going to have issues. You're going to have problems because, like I said, it's still about you. Now, earlier when I was talking about uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, talking about sanctification, right? Sanctify you holy, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, blameless, unto the coming of our Lord. You see, you can't preserve anything Y'all know what preserves are? Preserves, you know? No, preserves like jelly okay. and jam, yeah. peanut butter, for example, yeah. vegetables in a can. Yeah. All these things are preserved. Yeah. And the thing is, is that before you preserve it, you got to wash it, clean it, right? My dad, he used to, my father, when I was growing up, he was a, he was a grater. He would check the quality of peanuts. Right, and if the peanut had certain conditions about it, like the seed was withered, or you know, or they had mold too too high mold content, or any problem with it, they would get a lower score, and then that determines how much they can sell it for, and where mankind how they're going to use it. Are they going to make peanut butter out of it, or now they're going to use it for feed for animals because it's not good, safe for consumption for humans. The point is, is that the seed, right, the, 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 the message that we have in us, right, it's got to be preserved blameless, glory to God. 
There can be no mixtures and overtones of the world and its influences in this anointing and strength that God is bringing forth out of your life. The forces of life are in our spirit, man. And when the world is in, in our lives and, and, we, and we won't sanctify ourselves, you know, we're listening to demonic music from the world. We think it's okay. God's not offended. And you don't understand that the Bible talks about Lucifer before he fell. He was the anointed chair of the covers. Everywhere he moved, man, the harps and the tabrets and glorifying God, man, until iniquity was found in his heart. And that's why music is so powerful, right? Yep. And that's why it will draw us so quick. And the thing about it is, just because a, 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 a person calls his music Christian music, that doesn't mean it's glorifying God. Because, see, you can still come forth out of your soul with that music as a gift, but you have no relationship with the Father. You're not ministering out of your spirit. That's a problem. That's called the seed is all mixed. It's not cleaned up. Your whole soul and spirit and body are not sanctified and separated unto the Lord. And, and that's the thing is that when our lives are full of that mixture, then, then, then that sweet water and the bitter water is coming out of the same well. And it's not supposed to. Now, so the heart of a man, right? In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, it says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Right? Piercing, slicing between, as it says here, uh, piercing even to the divine asunder. It's the word merismos, which means to make a separation for clarification. God, according to the word here, wants to make a clarity about where you live in your life. Because if it's not glorifying God and you're out there on your own doing something that's not according to the word of God, then there's no way that you're going to bring any honor to the Father. So it says, piercing even to the divine asunder of the soul and spirit. So that's the first marismos that God wants to help us understand. What's of the spirit? What's of the soul? And then it says, joints and marrow. And then it says, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. A lot of times, all I have to do is hear what people are talking about, and I already know where they're living their lives. Not because of any kind of special anything in my life. It's just simply because of the word. Right? So there has to be a distinction, right, about where we're at in our lives. Now, 1 Peter 3, 4. It says, Likewise, you, you wives, I'll start with verse 1 to bring context here. Be in subjection unto your own husbands, that if any be not, obey not the word, talking about the husband not obeying God, they, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. The word conversation here is the word anastrophe, the behavior, the way you conduct yourself. And while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, right, reverence for the Lord, whose adorning, the word adorning here is the word cosmos, where we get the word for the word cosmos, I mean the world system, let it not be the outward adorning of the plating of the hair, of wearing of gold, and the putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible. The hidden man of the heart, there is no corruption there. There is no perversion there. It's all divine nature, man. 
even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. You know, when you're, you know, there's it's real clear, you know, when you're around, for example, women, sisters, and they're walking with humility in their lives. You can clear pick it up. Versus the other one that, for example, might have a shirt that's fitted up to the four inches above her <laughs> waist. Navel, yeah. And, exactly, you know, that's just an example where their, their pants are real fitted, man. You can see, you know, the whole shape and everything. And there's no, there's no distinction there, right? So the hidden man of the heart, right? It, it, this is the spirit of a man. And so what would the visible man of a heart be? What is the side that the world sees? Well, that would be your soul. Your soul is you. It's what makes you who you are, your uniqueness, your personality, etc. And so, again, the world is trying to figure out why the soul does what it does, right? And they try to, for example, uh, they build books and they write all these uh, books about how, the, how you can be a better you. We don't need better souls. We need men of God and daughters of God, sons and daughters of God that are walking with humility in their lives. Amen? And, and know how to be quiet, if you will. Know how to keep their place until, for example, if God moves on our individual's heart, then he'll bring it forth. But he doesn't do it just all, uh, like, abruptly. He waits until the right moment, right? And then brings forth whatever that thing is. It could be at work, in a meeting, or whatever, you know. You, in other words, we walk with decency and order in our lives, right? So, again, and it's interesting that, you know, psychologists and psychiatrists, they can understand the area of a soul of a man, but they, can, they don't know how to treat the human spirit of a man. So when a man is not born again, they don't understand that. They think that man is just soul, soul and body, right? So they'll deal with the fruit in the soul of a man or a woman, but they don't ever know how to get to the spirit of a man because, first of all, they're not born again. So they don't. So the problems that we have, it's not just our body and soul. Your problem is wrapped up in your heart. Your heart is the problem. So if your heart is divided, that means you have two interests, right? I tell, you know, and then and then you have dual desires and dual affections when your heart is divided. And what happened is because your life is tainted, just like a shirt that's that's stinky or a pair of pants or underwear, whatever. You don't want to use it again. Well, because your heart is tainted, your life is tainted, God can't use you. He won't touch you until you clean your life up. So, but if you keep your heart and know how to manage your soul, then whenever God needs to bring forth the forces of life, you can bring them forth with no problem. So, and so then what are we guarding against? Why, why do we need to guard our heart, right? Well, you're guarding your heart because there's something trying to penetrate and get into your life. He that climbs up another way, the same as a thief and a robber. God is coming forth out of your spirit. The soul man, come, the, the, the enemy, the devil, Satan, comes through your soul. There's a problem. One is coming from above, down. One is coming from the world through ascension, trying to go through your soul. And this is the problem here. And so, like I said, um, you're guarding it about against something that's trying to come in. It's just like when you guard your home, right? You protect your home. You know, one time, a long couple of years back, I heard uh, I heard something around our trash cans outside, 
And it didn't really sound like animals and stuff. It sounded like people, right? Well, um, at that time, you know, I decided I was going to buy me a pistol, right? <laughs> because I didn't know what was going on, right? In my heart, I, I, I just immediately, I need to protect my family. First thought that came to me. Well, that's what we're doing. Now, I don't have that anymore. I let it go a long time ago. But, but the point is, is that um, we're, we, we have to protect the spirit, our spirit, man, from what's trying to come in. In other words, God wants to come out of your spirit, man. The enemy's trying to come through your soul. All right? And uh, so let's look at Romans chapter 2, verses 23 through 29. It says... Now, what's interesting is that if you're going to continue as a carnal son or daughter of God, which that's kind of a play on words because if you're separated from the Father, he's not even acknowledging you. Then the issue is, is that you're going to constantly eat the, the results of that. Right? Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. You're going to reap. You're going to have frustration in your life. You know, you're going to have conflicts and problems everywhere you go because you're not living after your spirit, man. You don't know how to manage this dominion of darkness around you anywhere you go. You're not taking dominion. You're not praying in the Holy Ghost. You're not getting involved in the Word. You're not meditating. You're not praying. So what else can we expect? You're going to be frustrated. So he says, Thou that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you as it is written. For circumcision verily profiteth, if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? No. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee? Yes. Who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law? For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So a male, when he gets circumcised, a Hebrew boy, a male child, on the eighth day, they would cut the foreskin. And it signified the covenant between that individual and God, right? And so God used that to teach us something about the carnal. See, the male is the one that's able to bring forth and progenerate, regenerate after his kind with his wife. They can make a baby together. But the seed can do nothing by itself until he gets the life of the spirit, if you will, to bring forth the man-child. That comes forth out of the male. And the issue is when the seed comes forth, God doesn't want any flesh touching it. That's what he was trying to tell us. He wants that seed to come out pure, you see. And that's the, that's the issue that we get into is in the body of Christ, many of them don't even know how to operate out of their spirit, man. They think just because they have the accumulation of information, which is knowledge, that they're ready. They still don't know how to check your balances by the word. They don't know how to check the word with whatever you know idea or principle they're thinking about. I remember I was in a meeting one time, it was a men's meeting. 
And I tell you, while I was going through this meeting, man, I mean, it was just correction after correction, man, because all they were doing it all out of order, right? According to the word and several things. And uh, this guy came out. He says, "Well, even though I may not have heard from God, I'm still going to continue forward." And I told him, I said, "That's out of order, man. You need to hear from God first before you make a move." Well, I never saw that guy again. He didn't talk to me anymore. Now. So circumcision is a matter of the heart and the spirit. That's what he's saying here, that he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter. It's the spirit of a man that when the life of God comes forth, we don't want any carnality, carnal, stained, solid, soiled, dirty, anything touching that life. Because as soon as it does, it aborts the life of God. Nothing is coming forth, in other words. No work of God is getting accomplished in the heart of individuals, etc., etc. So it says now, now let's go to the book of Ezekiel. We're talking about what is the heart of a man. All right. So in Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27, here's another example of a heart and the spirit. So he says, a new heart also will I give you. All right? And implying something besides or in addition to a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. Right? And I will give you a heart of flesh. The stony heart, he's going to take it out. He's going to give you a heart of flesh which is soft and easy to work with. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Why? Because I've given you a new heart and a new spirit. I took away the stony heart out of your life and I've given you a heart that now that, that's disciplined and that's been corrected and it's been dealt with by the Lord. Your will now is not your will. The word is not your word. The, the, the work is not your work. It's all about the Father. Right? So he describes two hearts. He says a stony heart and a heart of flesh. Paul said that there would be a circumcision of the heart. Well, what will the circumcision cut away? What does it cut away in the natural? Piece of flesh, right? So it will remove the stony heart, in other words. So in the in these verses, we see that God is saying he's going to do two things. I'm going to first give you a new heart. A heart that's not wicked and perverted and stony, etc. And I'm going to give you a new spirit. He's going to now cause us to be born again. Now this was all prophetic, right? It hadn't happened yet, obviously. Jesus hadn't even, you know, nobody was born yet. This was years and years before all that. So now if we go to Ezekiel 11, start with verse 19. He says, and I will give them one heart. And I will put a new spirit within you and I will take the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God but as for them whose heart walketh after the heart of their detestable things and their abominations I will recompense their way upon their own heads saith the Lord so the individual that's walking after a new heart and, and, and a new spirit a heart of flesh, not a stony heart. It says that God here is going to 
Cause them to walk in his statutes, keep his ordinances, and do them. And they're going to be his people. His people are sanctified people, amen? And I'm going to be their God. But as for those who start walk after their own way, their detestable things and their abominations, I'm going to, I'm going to pay them back for their way upon their own heads, saith the Lord. So now, you can be, like I said, we're talking about someone that's born again, spirit-filled, they talk in tongues, and why do they still have aspirations for themselves and aspirations for God? Why are they still walking carnally, in other words? You see? So, as he says here, can your heart follow after detestable things? Well, God wouldn't have said it if it's not something that man is possible of doing. Mankind, right? So this is why, again, from Proverbs 4.20, is that you, got, you have to guard and keep and preserve your heart. Because out of it, it says that these are the issues of life. Now, Jesus said it this way, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Matthew 12, 34. And then again, you got sweet butter. James 3, 10 talks about out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and curses. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. It should not be that pure water is flowing out and bitter water is flowing out. And why does the bitter water come out? Because you're still in a stony heart. You're still carnal. Boom. So from the mouth, like I said, proceeds sweet water bitter. If it is going to come forth from the heart, and the heart is interpreted as the spirit, then we have confusion. See, that's that's what, that's what I'm about to bring out here. Is that a heart of a man is made up of his spirit and his soul. The question is, which life are you going to live for? If you're living after your soul, then it's all about you. That's why you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. For if you seek to save your soul, your life, you're going to lose it. In the eyes of the kingdom of God and those that are walking after the spirit, all this attitude of the soul and all his, you know, getting offended and all these attitudes that he has and whatever, it's all clear to the spiritual man. But to the carnal man, that's the kind of people they run with. They can't tell the difference. That's why, like I said, they can call something that's Christian and it sounds like the world, for example. You can't. There must be a sanctification, that anointing that's in you. That's what you need to let teach you and guide you and show you. And that anointing is Jesus in us, right? So, again, the heart is not just the spirit of a man. The heart is the spirit and the soul of man. The spirit that is born again is born of incorruptible seed. And it's divine nature and it cannot sin because it's born of God. Both sweet water and bitter can come out of the heart, but not both can come out of your spirit. Amen? Amen. So, but, the problem is, is that the heart is divided. That means one side of your heart is flesh. And in other words, it's pliable, it's easy to work with, and the other side is stony. Arrogant, proud, disobedient to their parents, you know. All these things that the Word of God teaches us about what the carnal man is, you know, and how that they're not going to inherit the flesh and blood. I mean, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God because they're living after the Flesh. Carnal. Brother Joseph, can you say, for example, the, the different different kind of how Jesus described in terms of some see fair among on the road, some fell on the roadside, on the rock, on the tongue. The tongue heart is like what you are talking about that the world wants to grow, but the kings of this world choke. That's right. 
is choking the word, the carnality now you talk about. You still want to be in the flesh, or you still want to flow in the spirit. I can't get it. You see, and, and the thing is, but the one the heart that's that's good ground, he brings 30, 60, 100 fold. You see, he's allowed that word, that engrafted word that's able to save his soul from James 1.21 to stay in his heart. And now the heart is produced, the seed is producing after its kind. He's manifesting Christ in character now. His life is sanctified unto the Lord. His message is not all mixed seed, but it's pure. So the heart of flesh, this is a heart that is flexible, pliable, sensitive, easy to work with, under control, and it's gentle. The other side of the heart is prideful, hard, rebellious, self-willed tendencies, is arrogant, boastful, and unmanageable. The stony heart is your behavior or personality. The personality of man is the soulish realm. This is the mind, the will, and the emotions of a man or a woman. You know, there's a scripture, I think it's in... Maybe Proverbs, it talks about if the knife is blunt, in other words, doesn't have a good edge, you got to put more strength, more strength yeah, to, to the stone, right? Yeah. Well, so sometimes, for example, you know, I have two sons, right? And, and, and they're opposite, man. My one son, he's got, for example, charisma prophecy, in, uh, and he's very direct and very bold. <laughs> My other son... His primary charisma is mercy. Mercy, very compassionate, very tender, easy going, you know. And and they they both, you know, they, they they're constantly, like I said, one is looking at it from one filter, the other one's looking at it from another filter. But it's funny because my son that's 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 more merciful and stuff, he's the one that is seems to be more easily impressed with the and, and, and shows empathy towards the world and all the problems that are going out there, you know, the hunger and, and the and the and the murders and the killings and all the the, 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 the the bad stuff. He's real compassionate towards that. The problem is is that he allows that to impact his soul and now it's conforming him to them. That's a problem. That's not what we want. I don't we don't want everybody to be like Joseph or like Brother Daniel, like Brother Comfort, Brother Nehemiah, etc. I want you to be who you are. And the, care, and the manifestation of who Christ is in you, let that minister out of your life from your spirit, man. In other words, to the, 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 as the scripture says, uh, beholding yourself as in a glass and are changed into that same image. God will change you into that same image, which is word, the way you are, in other words. But when the world starts impacting our lives and now I've got to buy the shoes that Mike wears or I've got to have the clothes that so-and-so has, and that's idolatry. Now, because we're setting ourselves an image before us, and now we're trying to live up to that image. What we want is the image of the Word of God to be what your standard is. All right? So again, the heart of a fle the flesh, the heart of flesh, right, as it says in Ezekiel, is flexible, pliable, is sensitive, easy to work with, under control, and gentle. The other side of the heart, which is the stony heart, is prideful, hard, rebellious, has self-willed tendencies, arrogant, boastful, and unmanageable. The stony heart, like I said, it's your behavior or personality before you get dealt with by the Lord. And in the dealings of God, this is where the correction of God comes into our life, right? To change our lives so where we're reflecting that word of God. Now, like I said, the moment you got born again, your heart is now divided. 
you still now you have aspirations for yourself and you have aspirations for God, right? And even though you're you you have a new spirit, you're born again, you're spirit filled, you talk in tongues. Yet on the other side of the life that we never we don't see, you're carnal, right? In other words, that's an issue, right? God needs to get you cleaned up, right? Sanctify you and separate unto Himself, Amen. And find out where the real freedom is, if you will. I know, you know, a lot of times our children, you know, you'll hear them say things like, I can't wait to get out of this house. Mm, can't wait to be 18. <laughs> I can't wait. And at one time, I don't know what we're discussing, me and my younger son, but what I was going to say about the knife is that I have to put more strength against this soul because it's easy, easily impressed by the world because of that grace in his life, that charisma of mercy. I've got to watch it all the time, friend. But what I was going to say is that you know, I can't wait to get out of this house or something like that. And and I was, I don't know what would happen. My son was just being real stout about something, man. He just kept, you know, gainsaying, throwing the lip out there, you know. And I said to him, uh, son, that's fine. You want to leave? You can leave now. I don't know how you're going to eat. I don't know who's going to pay your cell phone bill. I don't know how you're going to get around. I don't know where you're going to live. I don't know how you're going to keep your clothes clean. I had to put it into them in that reality because they're not, they're not, obviously they're not as experienced as we are as adults, right? They don't have any depth of clue of understanding about all this stuff. But again, uh, you know, through, through the dealings of God, through bringing humility to his life and teaching them the ways of God, you know, they, 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 they always tell me, you know, whatever, when they, when, they, when they offend, in other words, when they get out of line or out of order, they'll say, I'm sorry, you know. And that's what we want, right? We want them to come to that realization anytime they're out of line or stepped out of the boundary and then they come back in line, right? That's when they come back to you now, their heart is soft again. But when it's arrogant and prideful and boastful, man, nobody wants to put up with that. But that's the way it is, you see. That's why we have to understand who's influencing our lives. Where are you getting your information from, right? So again, when you got born again, your spirit, man, Instantly saved, man. Instantly received that divine nature of God. Your soul, man, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, he is saved progressively. As you encounter God, as you keep getting, allowing your life to come before the Lord and so on, allowing the Holy Ghost to deal with your soul, etc., all of a sudden your life is reflecting God now because you're spending time with God, right? As I says in Jeremiah, God told Jeremiah, you separate the precious from the vile. It's not, the focus is, don't focus on the vile. Focus on God, the precious, in other words. And that will allow your life to get separated unto the Lord. And before you know it, you're not even walking in any kind of perversion, right? And then the body, the scripture says, you know, it's safe, it's safe in the future. In other words, when we receive our new body, glory to God. Now, so... The thing is, is that in our lives, we're not talking about two natures because when you got born again, you received divine nature, one nature. Like I said, the problem is the soul of a man still has the seed of the world and the enemy in his life. And until he understands how to bring that back and submit to the Lord and his word, he's still going to live like that, right, after himself. So we're talking about one nature but we're talking about two lives. One life you live for God, the other life you live for yourself. 
I mean, I wouldn't mind if I was out in the country all the time taking pictures and fishing and, you know, just being by myself, no responsibilities. But see, that would be selfish of me, you know. I'm out there, for example, if I was living like that, what's going on with my wife? What's going on with my sons? I'm not around them. How in the world can I help them? How can I check and balance what's going on in their lives? How can I, if they say something that's out of order, how can I correct that? How can I be there to help preserve them if I'm living for myself? It's the same thing in the body of Christ, right? If we're living for ourselves, then we're not going to seek to be servants of one another, right? So one nature, two lives. The divine nature is the spirit of a man. The life of the spirit is always where this, it comes out of your spirit, man. And then you have the life of yourself, which is the Greek word suke, soul. And so because of this, we have divided interests or desires. Like I said, you know, we, we listen to music that, quote, is Christian, but it's still music that's just like the world in the form and the fashion of it. It's not sanctified unto the Lord. It's individuals that know how to play instruments and know how to sing that are creating this stuff. They don't have a life with God. No relationship with the Father. And so, uh, again, you know, the Bible teaches us in Colossians 3.2. Colossians 3.2. It says here that uh, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. And the thing about it is, in, in, in setting our lives and in our affections towards the Father and towards the Word and towards the kingdom of God, we don't even realize that we're getting delivered away from this world. Amen. We're coming out of this world. And as the scripture says in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. In other words, the prosperity of our soul is the conformity to Christ. Amen? So, it, if that's what we want. We want to be the image of Jesus Christ. Now, so again, talking about the two hearts again. One heart is serving God, which is yourself, and the other, I'm sorry, your spirit man and your soul man, he's doing his own thing outside of God. So, until a person is dealt with, right? Until someone, God, see, the thing is, God wants you to Walk after your own spirit, right? If, if, Like I said, the other day, my wife did something and it upset me quite a bit, right? I had to, from that moment, I went back into my bedroom and I started crying out to God to forgive me because I was out of line, right? I stepped out of my soul, in other words. I stepped out on my own and did something that, that, that she didn't like. <laughs> and anyway, the point is, is that that's where we want to be at, where we're governing ourselves. But when you can't manage yourself, guess what? God has to send you someone. The other day I was, on Friday, you know, I sent Brother Daniel a message, you know, I was really tired from work and, and uh, nobody wanted to go out and eat dinner, the boys, you know, my one son, he was with his friends, they were at the, at the park swimming and my other son, he didn't want to go. My wife, she, she was going to visit her sister and they were going to do something. So I was all by myself, right? Which I was kind of glad because, like I said, I was really tired. So I called this one brother up that I know, and, and uh, I went to see him. And uh, we were there eating and stuff, and then I asked him about, how's it going with your wife? And see, weeks before when I met him, ultimately that's what it came back to. You're down here in Texas. She's over there in Florida. You get it? Yeah. That's out of order, man. 
How are you going to be involved with your life's wife, or your, the life of your wife? You're over here and she's over there. Because you believe God sent you and told you to come over here. Maybe he did. The problem is you didn't wait on the performance of that. You took it upon yourself. And now your wife was over there uncovered. And that's what we get into, right? Well, God said. Right? And then we take that as the gospel, but we don't realize that there's a time of preparation before you get to that end point. Right? And we have to wait on the Lord and respect his plans. So again, but what I'm trying to say is that I went over there as a prophet to deal with something in his life and brought it up again. What about your wife? Second time now. Now the thing is, he's not listening to his spirit, man. That's what I'm trying to say. So God's got to send him someone. I didn't know it was going to come out. I wasn't even thinking about that, man. I was just tired, you know. But but through it all, you know, God was able, like I said, to, to speak to this man again, etc. So again, you know, we have aspirations for God and we have aspirations for ourselves, right? And again, we started out by talking about the foolish versions, the five that didn't have oil, they weren't ready, they weren't prepared, they weren't seeking God, and then the five that were ready, right? And so, <clears throat> again, back to Hebrews 4.12, So he says, the word of God, the logos of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divine asunder, which is the word marismos, which means a separation for clarification. God wants to take these areas of our lives and show you where you're at based on his word. And he says, uh, divine asunder soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. So only God's word can do that in our lives. And the interesting thing about it, there's another scripture in Jeremiah that says, the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? Mm. And then it says, I, the Lord, I'm the one that searches the heart and try the reins. I'm the one that's seeing if you are what you are. In other words, if you're going to claim to be someone that's serving God and so on, and walking in your life sanctified before the Lord, well, let's see if you are, right? In other words, you'll, you'll get tested on that, right? I was sharing with you about that lady that came into the office the other day. And she was beautiful, man. And uh, and right away I said, no, 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 no. And I started talking to myself, my soul, right? And I said, no, Joseph, you're a married man. Don't even. And, and in other words, I had to, the enemy was trying to set me up. Yeah. And I just completely bypassed him and said, no, no, I'm not falling for that mess. But again, again, <laughs> why, when is the enemy going to strike? When? When would it be advantageous if you were the king of a city, you had your servants and you had all your military staged up everywhere, and the enemy was supposed to come on May the 5th, and he never shows up. Wait. All of a sudden, everybody gets relaxed. relaxed. You see, we can't afford to be relaxed. Because he's constantly seeking to trip us up, amen? So again, God needs to have, we need to understand that the word of God is what allows us to see where we're at with the Lord, amen, obviously. And so, again, it's, it's, when I got born again, you know, I was, I was really happy, I was testifying to everybody and sharing what the Lord had done for me, you know, I was smoking, I was drinking, I was involved with marijuana and different things, and all of that stuff, because of my heart and my aspiration for the Lord, I didn't even realize I wasn't doing it anymore, you know, but then, 
the guys that, that I was hanging out with, they would come over and knock on the door. Let's go, Joseph, man. We got, we got a case, you know, and whatever, you know, got all this stuff. I said, man, I can't do that anymore. Man, what a shock for these guys, you know. Here I am, uh, 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 you know, one of the Alma Gears, if you will, from 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 uh, Dillion, Texas, man. And, and uh, you know, he used to hang out with us, you know, and, and now he didn't want to hang out with us. Man, I had to make a choice, man. Am I going to serve God or myself? I didn't know the Lord was what it was obviously planned in my life, but the point I'm making is, is that you get excited, you're born again, everything's great, and then all of a sudden, the soul is getting dealt with, and he doesn't like it. He gets corrected, for example. He gets disciplined. He gets talked to about his commitment, his faithfulness, his consistency. So again, the soul starts checking out. He doesn't want that resistance. He doesn't want the pressure. But then, when you allow yourself to give yourself to that, all of a sudden, the purpose of God begins in that individual's life. The spirit man has desires to do the things of God, but the self soul line seeks to preserve himself because his desires are still of this world. And that's where the warfare and the struggle come in. God wants to bring peace through his government, through coexisting and compromise, but not bringing a union, but by bringing a union, a process of agreement. The scripture says in Amos 3 3, can two walk together except they're agreed? Your heart, which is made up of your spirit and your soul, are never going to come into any kind of usefulness until they get united and are agreed together now. My soul is exemplifying what the life of God in my spirit. Amen? So Jesus, for example, he wasn't a man that lived in both worlds. He knew what the motive of man was. You know? As I was reading to you earlier in John chapter 2, verse 23 says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover and the feast day, many believed in his name, when they saw the miracles, which he did. And the word name here, it's the word onoma, which means authority and character, man. Many believed in his authority. Many believed in his character. You see, because they had already known Jesus. You remember, Jesus was a carpenter, right? He helped the doors, the windows, the roofs, made furniture, made tables, made chairs. Never gave his daddy Joseph any lip about it. Miss Smith needs her roof fixed. It's, it's raining. Okay, daddy, I'll do it. Boom. Take the raincoat, take the tools, and he's gone. Never question anything, man. So, again, the name, they knew this individual and his character. And the scripture says that he increased in stature and wisdom, right? And then, so, verse 24, but Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all. He knows that until he deals with your life and gets your, the soulish attitude out of your life, that he can't utilize you. Amen? And he needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. See? Until our lives get dealt with by the Lord, we're never going to be a, a vessel fit and sanctified unto the Lord. Amen? And that's what he's trying to bring us all to, is that we're, we're living forth out of our spirit, man, and back to Hebrews, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. It says, keep your heart with all diligence. That means protect your heart because somebody else is trying to bring an influence to your life, and his name is Satan. 
And he's going to do it through the world, through its influences, and through all the looseness that the world is, right? Like I said, you know, young women that, that, that are Christians and, that, and they're dressing like the world, you know, fitted and tied and their bellies are showing, their butts are popping out or whatever. And is it any wonder that the scripture teaches us that um, I suffer not a woman to teach a man? Why do you think God said that? I remember one time when I was going through this training at this fellowship where I worked at, and, uh, you know, I quickly realized after about two sessions of that, man, this, this, is, this is not right. <laughs> but I remember uh, how the Lord showed me that, is that, you know, it's not that, 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 that a woman doesn't have her place in the body of Christ, because the, Paul taught us that they should be teaching the younger women how to be keepers of the home, how to be chaste, how to be pure, by examples, right? There's plenty of work right there. <laughs> and then, but what the Lord showed me is that when, when a woman's up here, for example, and we, we have men, men are attracted by what they see. If you see it and you like it, you're going to go for it, right? <laughs> and that's why, the, the God, that's why God did that because he doesn't want you to be distracted when his word is going forth. Amen? Mm, Alright. That's all I'm going to have right there. Yeah. It's true, man. You know? I mean, man. One, man. one woman for one man. Glory to God. Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to bring forth your bread of life, Father. I thank you how you're teaching us, Lord God, how not to live after ourselves, but how to live after our spirit. Amen. I thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity, Father to God, to break this bread of life down. I know there's so much more to cover, Father God, and I trust and I pray, Father God, that as the scripture says, Lord God, as you said, Lord Jesus, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, glory to God. And I thank you for these words of life, Father God. We honor and we bless you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You are high and lifted up, the Lord of all the earth. You are high and lifted up, Creator, Redeemer, and I will boast in knowing you. For you are high and lifted up, the glory of the nations. You are high and
There is no God. 